This is the PR Pod, the podcast that brings you expert tips for working in PR and finding your niche. With your host, Brooke Burns. For this episode, I'm joined by Naomi Ross from Sydney Design Social. Welcome. Hi, guys. When it comes to social media, your visual content can really make or break the success of your account. Naomi's company manages the social media for many hospitality businesses in Sydney, so she knows what works and what doesn't when it comes to imagery and videos. It seems obvious that good imagery and videos are really important, but unfortunately, they seem to get overlooked so often. Why is it so difficult to get this right? As more and more people have phones on their on their cameras, um, I think one of the big things is is clients uh, can often can often not see the value in a professional photography shoot, so they may not want to spend the money on photography. Um, so a lot of the time, clients will not get a professional in and just to take shoot. their own on their phone take their own on their phone mm-hmm. um, or it might be of a friend of a friend who who's studying photography for example or likes it or like any any yeah. of those any of those instances um so i think that's probably the main one is that as as an industry it's becoming more and more difficult um to justify spend on photography and I've certainly found with my hospitality clients and, you know, I don't manage the social media for them, but I can see on their channels, they often start with good intentions and they, you know, have got great imagery at the start. Let's say I'm doing a three or six month PR campaign. So there's beautiful photos that are taken and my campaign finishes and they, just like you said, don't have a budget to continue producing fresh images. So all you're doing is you're re- reusing the same images that you had from six months prior um, or you now start using iPhone images, which uh, can look very different unless you're very, very good at taking them. So those intentions are great at the start, but they just aren't able to to be constant with them. Yes, that's something we see very often. Yeah, and also I guess when you change, you know, although your your content pillars may stay the same, if you've got new products and new key messages that are kind of changing, but you don't have any new fresh imagery coming in to match them, then again, you're trying to communicate a message that you have no imagery to complement it so before you even start posting you really should have a whole gallery of images at your disposal why is it important to have that versus think of a post um, think of a post copy and then try and find the image to accompany that everything we do on on um, facebook and instagram or social media in general really needs to come back there there really needs to be a reason why you're doing it Um, so it's really important to have a photo shoot or be able to create that content at the beginning so that you can you can choose or you can decide on those content pillars and you can ensure that you have all of the um, photography maybe a couple of videos um, maybe a couple of animated gifs um, and you've got that as a bank of imagery which you can then use um, staggered um, over over a period of time. I think the other thing to consider is you can see the spread of shots. So let's say you've got a burger bar. Um, if you're just taking photos of your goers' burgers, you might find that you're actually taking a picture of the exact same burger for three posts in a row in the exact same spot. So sure, you may only have eight burgers on your menu, but you can shoot them in multiple ways around the venue. But if you're just shooting those one at a time, you're not planning, you can't see everything for the next month and the next two months, and you can't see when you last used that image. So it's really important to have those images there up front so you can put things out in a schedule and, and kind of see how they how they plot out absolutely you know instagram especially is a is a really um visual platform that's that's what it's for instagram is definitely more of a curated feed um so you should be thinking about your posts not only um single one post on one post on one post not even the next three or six posts but looking at even further ahead so nine twelve posts at a time 
because the reality is you don't want to, I mean, even if you're a burger bar, you might also have cocktails or milkshakes or whatever it may be. And you want to make sure those posts, I guess, are spread out with the messages, not have three burger posts and then have three milkshake posts and then you're back to having another five burger posts. It needs to, it needs to be visually appealing for your for your engagers. Yeah, and it also um, it also serves to give the people that are engaging with your with your page um, a reason to continue coming back and and looking at it. I mean, mm. if 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 I'm following a page and they've just posted three burgers that kind of look the same to me, and maybe they've just got a different type of cheese on them, for example, <laughs> um, that's not that's not really that exciting. But no. if I see one burger um, looks great, but then um, there's like a, an awesome milkshake, or maybe it's one talking about how I can have an event there or, or a booking, all of a sudden, I've been given served up three pieces of information as Mm. opposed to the same bit of information so when you are creating that gallery of images to to accompany your your content there are a few things that you need to consider and we've kind of touched on this but one is making sure you've got imagery to accompany all the content pillar and key messages so again if if it's a venue and um, food is a content pillar and cocktails is another one and functions is another. You are going to need images of the venue. Yes, you can possibly do some posts where you talk about the food that are related to a function, but if you've got nothing that shows off that space or nothing that shows off a collection of little chairs in the corner, which is great for a breakout business meeting, then it's really hard to encourage that social media follower to engage with that offering. 100%. You know, you've only got a fraction of a second to um, capture somebody's attention in a news feed with all of this other information in a in a, um, a time where we are so oversaturated with imagery and photography and offerings. And, and so if your image doesn't resonate with um, your potential audience straight away, if it doesn't show exactly what it is that almost you're talking about in a visual manner, People aren't going to take the time to read the post to see what you're talking about. And you also need to think about what that image is going to look like or that collection of images are going to look like. Are you using a filter on everything? So they've got this nice little pink hue. Are they meant to be very bright? Are they meant to be a little bit more muted? So that needs to be part of the thought process when you're doing um, the, I guess, the brief for a photographer or thinking about the aesthetics of what that might look like. Yeah, and it needs to come back to to the brand story. Um you know, it should really talk to the rest of the brand. What does what does the website look like? You know, I'd, it, it would be strange to me if I went to an Instagram page and there was all these dark, moody shots, you know, really close-up um, uh, close photos of things like textures and, um, you know, maybe like a, a cocktail being poured. And then I went to the website and the website was really bright and airy mm. and had all of this, you know, it, it just would Summary be... Summary feel or something. Yeah. yeah. So um, the photography needs to be, and, and the way that the posts are curated, um, it needs to be really on point with, with the brand itself. And that also comes back to making sure you choose an appropriate photographer. Um, you know, I certainly know I approached regularly about by photographers wanting to to, to shoot food and, and drink. And then I have a look at their portfolios and they haven't shot in venues before. They've done some beautiful studio work where you've got the um, the luxury of having gorgeous lighting, you'll be able to create your lighting and you've got a stylist there. But that's very different to having 15 minutes to shoot a dish in seven different angles in a venue. So you need to, when you're looking for a photographer, work out who is going to be the best fit for your brand. Absolutely. And when you're choosing that photographer, when you get to the process of briefing in photographers to work out who's going to be a good fit, you need to create a photo brief and references. And by references, I mean 
a collection of images that are in line with what it is that you're trying to achieve. And this you're going to need for approval from your manager or client to make sure that what you have projected as being the aesthetics and, and what you want the imagery to look like is in line with your manager or client because they could have a very different view, couldn't they? Absolutely. Without a brief, there's no way of knowing that you guys are all on the same page. You know, you might be talking about um, taking a shot of a cocktail from above, um, but without actually seeing that, maybe the photographer is is imagining it, you know, on a dark background, whereas maybe the client is thinking, oh, that's going to be actually on the bar imagery um is really is really the main way to get across uh, what you're what you're wanting to achieve yeah so your brief should have those references and actual picture references that you take from other um accounts that you like or just google images you know google um cocktail on marble bar to get an idea of what it is you like so it should include those references and then it also should include the shot list of what it is you're trying to achieve so you know let's say you've got a beauty brand you've got five new products um do you need to shoot them in different environments? Do you need to shoot them, you know, as a flat lay? Do you need to shoot them with someone putting a lipstick on their lips? Exactly what is required from that photographer because they then need to be able to come back to you and, and provide your budget and um, and your scope of time. So are you, are you envisaging this is going to take you eight hours or four hours or do you are you happy to be led by that photographer? You need to kind of map out all of those things in advance in order for your photographer to be able to provide you a right quote. And the other thing to think about, is that social media imagery can often be very different to PR editorial images. So what I need for a, let's say a magazine for a cocktail is they need a cocktail shot from the side where they can see the full layout of the cocktail and the beautiful glass and they can see the color of the cocktail and they can see the garnish coming out the top. Um, And I may send one to two images of that particular cocktail to uh, to a magazine, to a company, an article. But for social media, you may require 12 different versions of that image and you may require it being made or being stirred from the top. Why is it that social media images have a different um, feel or aesthetic to PR editorial images? Where They're being consumed in a very different way. So the PR angle might be to talk about the, um, the cocktail itself, for example, whereas what we're wanting to talk about is a lot less formal um, it's, it's our brand. We don't need to be showing you exactly what's in that cocktail. We can talk about it, um, that it's just an amazing drink to, to pop in and, and have, you know, on, on a Friday lunch. Um, also for social media, being able to use animations, being able to use short snippets of video um, where possible, all of that stuff is going to be getting a lot more engagement than just a static photo. Um, so wherever possible, um, ensuring that photography brief includes animated GIFs if, if that's available um, to the photographer, um, but then also specify um, something interesting, something exciting, something a little bit different. It's, it's not that engaging for a page just to have all of the same photos, which are exactly the same. I know for the brands, the venues that we manage, um, whenever a venue has gotten press, um, you know, maybe maybe it's yourself, Brooke, that's that sent out that that beautiful cocktail image. We then want to um, amplify that message by sharing that on our social channels. It's kind of almost doubling or tripling up if that photograph that you've sent off to PR, which we've then regrammed on our Facebook page, 
is exactly the same as the post that we have going up beforehand talking about the same cocktail. Mm. So it's kind of, it's about using that same offering or using those content pillars and being able to build out as much content as you possibly can consistently. And you talked about animated GIFs. So can you explain what they are to people that might not know? Sure. So an animated GIF or I believe GIF, there's a whole lot of <laughs> um, different uh, different ways to say it, um, is uh, are those images which you see which uh, move. Um, it might only be one or two or three frames so it might only flick through a couple of uh, different variations. And they're photos that are kind of photos in, in sequential layered. order, Correct. is that right? Yeah. Correct. So like someone pouring a cocktail yeah, you know, second by second. Second by second, or it can also be um, maybe uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be sequ- sequential order. It could be three different images. It could be um, three different beers, one, two, three, or it could be a function space, um, a beer, and then a food, one, two, three. You can also intersperse it with text as well. So it, it just means uh, changing of frames or multiple frames. And they're proven to have more engagement Correct. than a static image. Correct. And a videos again. Even further. Even further, right. Yeah, so the way that um, the whole online web is going, as I'm sure you guys are aware, is videos where it's at, um, which is why Instagram stories and Facebook stories are being pushed out by Facebook uh, more and more um, and are getting more uh, visibility um, on our on our phones. Um, it's something which has been proven to have a lot more engagement and and we're able to, as, as an advertiser, as a marketer, we can actually see how much of that video um, they watch. So if it's a 30-second video, we could see that they might have only watched 5% or 15% and we can choose to market to them depending on that. So if you don't have a lot of budget but um, and you can't get a videographer as well as a photographer or your photographer doesn't do video as well, then certainly those animated GIFs are, are a cost-effective way yeah. to at least get that further engagement. It is and it's, and it's a way to um, spread out or make as much um, from, from that uh, limited content that you might have. So if you've got... 10 shots of a cocktail maybe it's all the one cocktail in all different all different ways maybe one of your animated gifs um you know has a has a blank um first frame and it, and it says the actual name of the cocktail or it's got the cost of the cocktail like you know every friday or or whatever it is and then when you go down to the um the instagram feed you're not looking at 10 or 20 cocktails all of the same thing they're kind of you can you can lay it out differently and, and you can look at the messaging as a whole rather than single posts and you'll ideally need to give your photographer the heads up of that you require animated GIFs. So yeah. again, they may just shoot a static image of something. And if you want something sequential of, let's say, a cocktail being poured or um, whatever it may be, they need to have the heads up so they can shoot that appropriately for you. Definitely. And I'd be creating, a, providing um, a photographic a photographic example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you mentioned there that there are a lot of uh, good places to find find those examples, like Googling, for example, is fantastic. Other competitors. Um, but Pinterest is a really good resource, which I would be recommending to hmm. use um, for, your photo, for your photo briefs. And in terms of um, whether images come to you portrait or landscape, and to, just to clarify for those that may not know the difference, portrait is also... Um, it's just up, it's like literally like an up and down image and landscape is the horizontal style. So is there one that's better for social media? Uh, for social media, you're probably going to need, um, you're probably going to want to use your posts both as a cover photo on Facebook, which is landscape. Um, the actual posts themselves in Instagram are typically portrait or square. Uh, something else which you would need to consider is some um, Instagram scheduling platforms will only allow you to post 
are perfect square images. Um, so there are little things like that which you need to be aware of. So basically you should be getting your photographer to shoot both landscape and portrait because you really may not know in advance what the usage of that will be. So make sure you get both variations. And are there any generic guides or tips for getting your social media imagery right? I mean, I know certainly from what I observe with hospitality venues, um, using human engagement, so hands coming into food or picking up a cocktail or reaching over a table gives that impression that people are actually engaging with that, whether that's been set up for the sake of a photo or actually taken in real life. It gives the impression of people engaging with that. Is that a general rule that it's good to have human engagement in photos for social media? Yeah, um, people love people. Um, (laughs) And yes, it has been proven that people in imagery works a lot better than Mm. without it. Um, Even if it is staged, if it doesn't look staged, it looks natural, um, Facebook automatically prefers friends and families content over business pages so any content that kind of looks organic looks natural is going to get more engagement naturally by facebook through the through the algorithm than um a beautiful high-end shot with that being said there's definitely cases where where they are the way to go and in terms of video uh, what's the ideal length of videos for instagram and facebook 15, uh, between 5 and 15 seconds. For Instagram um, or for both? For both. Right. That's quick, isn't it? Yeah. So you should be shooting stuff that can be really cropped down. Correct. And there are some um, some restrictions and stuff around uh, file size. Um, sometimes it will be uh, on Facebook, for example, I believe that's they've got to be longer than 10 seconds. But the way that you might get around that is you've got a five-second video that then loops twice. Mm. So Facebook and Instagram will often change those specifics um, and it's just a matter of keeping on top of it. Um, and making sure that you the content that you've got can be edited and changed as needed. One thing to keep in mind is that it will take your photographer probably three to four days to deliver your photos. They can no doubt turn stuff around much more quickly. So if you need you know, a cover image for a Facebook page and a profile pic or something like that very, very quickly, I'm sure if you just let them know which images you require, they can turn around for you within 24 hours or even a few hours. But if you've just spent eight hours doing a shoot and you've got hundreds if not thousands of photos you need to allow them enough time to be able to go through them edit them and deliver a selection of photos that they feel really happy about one of the things we've touched on but I want to talk about just quickly now is for those brands or products or venues that don't really change at all it could be a pub that has the same menu all year round it could be a makeup brand or a luggage brand that has the same five or 20 products and there's nothing new coming through if you don't have any changes to your product offering should you be shooting new imagery it depends how much imagery you have to begin with um if you do a photo shoot at the beginning of the year and you get 200 <laughs> amazing photos um all of the same maybe eight or ten products but in different settings maybe you you look forward and you go okay we're going to do a shoot for each of the seasons and um uh, it's the same product, but maybe the backgrounds are slightly different color. So during winters, you, you might have that product on a dark um, on a dark background, whereas summer it might be on a light color background. Something something small that shows the product in a different light, so it's just not the same picture mm. over and over again. If you're able to do that at the beginning in one shoot or the beginning of the year, um, and you're able to restrain yourself from using those images, if you can get away with it, go for it. Realistically, though, um, you're not going to be getting that many photos. You probably won't be shooting that much in advance, um, and uh, you will be using them you know, in the first probably three months. Um, what do you do after that? 
some of the photos will be able to be reused, yes, um, but it's always our recommendation, if you can, to take another photo, uh, to have another photo shoot. Because I guess people just want new content to be able to engage with. You know, they may be um, lifelong fans of your makeup brand, but they still get excited or they still get reminded by stuff. But if they're seeing repetitive content coming out, then it gets a little bit boring and I think it reflects poorly on the brand as well that they don't either don't really care or they might give the impression impression that they don't care enough to update their imagery or they're just a bit lazy. Yeah, and you're also missing out on being able to um, include things that are relevant. Um, everything's changing so, so quickly. If you look at um, the market now compared to six months ago, it's in every single industry, it's completely different. Um, so there, And there are trends and stuff which you wouldn't have been able to predict back then. So, um, yeah, I think if you can if you can get a photo shoot in three to six months, then absolutely. Mm. The only thing which um, I think we kind of haven't really spoken about is using text over images. Mm. Um, using text over images is great to get a message across, um, but there are a lot of restrictions around uh, what you can boost and what you can, um, uh, what Facebook likes in terms of how much text there is over an image. So they have their own kind of set of restrictions and guidelines on that. So what kind of things do they not like? They don't like an image to be covered with text? Correct. Or... So anything more than 20% text, you won't be able to... Um, put any money behind right. and spend. Um, so you might be able to just do a normal post, but yep. you can't boost that post. Correct. Mm, okay. That's a good one to know. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Brooke. And if you are managing social media accounts on behalf of a client or your business, you should be investing time and budget into ensuring your images and videos are of a really high quality and that you've got appropriate imagery to reflect your message and content direction. If you want to learn more about the different elements of creating and managing social media, you'll find other episodes on the podcast with more out in the coming months. Thanks for listening to the PR pod. For more expert tips on working in PR, head to www.theprpod.com.